Streaming live on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to She Knows Sports with myself, Brittany Jones, alongside Princess Cooper right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. It is a new day. Hi, Ms. Princess. How are you today? <laughs> What's up, Brittany? How are you? I am good. It is cold over here. <laughs> it is snowing. <laughs> well, not snowing at this moment, but we're getting snow tomorrow. Whew. Yeah. That's East Coast yeah. for you. East Coast, you know, and we, we think it's cold here. Um, it, it was 23 when we woke up this morning, and I think the high Ooh. was 40-something. That's pretty cold for South Carolina for sure. Uh, yes, that was like us yesterday. I think we were in the teens. I'm like, wait a minute, this is not <laughs> South Dakota in those areas. That's that's a little too cold, but hopefully we'll get back to normal soon. But princess, yeah. we got a lot to talk about. Anybody talk some sports? Oh Lord, yeah, Britain. Let's get this show over with. Let me go ahead and get some therapy here. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. It was both our teams this week. Um, yeah. One was probably more expected than the other, but we'll talk about it in a second. So let's get this one over with. As we all know, my Philadelphia Eagles and their debacle of the season ended up losing to the Bucks. Uh, we have no need to discuss the final score. If you want to know, it's about 32 to 9, something in that range. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, they lost the wild card playoff one. But, Princess, what were your thoughts on this game? Were you surprised that the Eagles lost this game? Yeah. I, I thought for sure um, that the warm weather would rejuvenate them, you know, going from cold and going down to some weather that's around 40 and 50 or 60. That's warm weather to a, to a Philadelphia Eagle or Philadelphia resident for sure. And I thought that they would right the ship. Um, it's not like I don't think that they have better horses than um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if I tried to break it down, at quarterback, they have a better quarterback than the Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield is not Jalen Hurts um, on a normal day. I was surprised that A.J. Um, Brown was not playing, and I thought that was an indicator that maybe something wrong, but maybe that's my conspiracy theory. But I really thought that, the Eagles were not going to go out on a two- or three-game losing streak and get to mm-hmm. the playoffs, you know, and, and, and do that. They only got in the end zone once. And, and I think the indicator was defensive back Slay who said um, having two defensive coordinators was like being in two different marriages. He said it was hard to navigate. And he said, I mm-hmm. think it showed with us on the field. But I was very surprised. I expected – the Eagles to win it. It may have been a tight game, but I, I think I predicted them to win this game like 24-21 or 24-17. I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm opposite. I, I absolutely seen it coming. Um, and i seen it coming long before they were even 10-1. and It was exciting they were 10-1. and You know, remember for about three or four, maybe five, if I can, mm-hmm. So many straight games, they kept being down 10 points in the first half. They had to make this yep. miraculous comeback. 
mm-hmm. think after a while that gets tiring, that gets emotional, um, and then that's hard to maintain, you know, when you keep playing like that. But if you really look at this offensive scheme, um, especially during the stretch, and the coach couldn't figure out how to make the necessary adjustments. Um, first and foremost, I have a problem when you don't know how to uh, uh, stop the blitz or counter yeah. the blitz. I shouldn't say stop it, but counter the blitz. You know, that's in football, that's elementary school stuff. You know, that's stuff that, you know, the, the peewee football teams uh, figure out how to do, but your offensive line can't seem to figure out to counter this blitz or your offense. You know, you're not putting players in position to succeed as a head coach or offensive coordinator. So when I realized they were unable, so it's not that they can't make the adjustments. I'm sorry, it's not that they won't make the adjustments. It's just that they are unable to. They don't know how to make the adjustments. I knew they were doomed then, um, and it really showed when they went against Seattle, when they went against um, the Giants the second time, and then Arizona, uh, especially those last two games. Those are two of the worst teams in the NFL. And then when you went to the Buccaneers, you knew all they were going to do was blitz you, and you still couldn't yeah. figure out an adjustment or a counter. So from that standpoint, I absolutely said, and, and Princess, I said it last week, I said K-Walk, I think, guilted me into picking my, my team. Um, to give them a chance, but I really mm-hmm. felt the Bucks were going to win that game. That I didn't think they were going to win the way they won, probably not because the Buccaneers only scored nine points against the Panthers, so exactly. maybe that was a little bit more surprising. But the fact mm-hmm. that the Eagles lost, that was not surprising. I have to be honest with you, though. I'm kind of happy they lost. <laughs> that mm-hmm. might sound surprising from an Eagles fan because you get tired, even as fan base, you get tired. You get that up and down. It's just like, okay, when is this going to be over? This disaster of the season going to be over? It's finally over, and they get to start over. But, Princess, do you think Nick Sirianni should uh, be able to coach next year, or do you think he should get fired after this year? I think they need to let the whole thing go. I I think Mm -hmm. after they lost their offensive and defensive coordinator last year to head coaching positions, you knew it was not going to be a smooth transition. But then they come up and they're 10-1. and one. And even though four or five straight games, they went into halftime down by seven points or, or nine points, they came back and won. So you still knew or thought that they had the formula for winning. But down the stretch when the rubber met the road, Sirianni looked confused. And I don't think he was prepared for Todd Bowles who is a defensive coordinator at, um, for the most part, who is now head coach, but you knew he was going to throw blitzes at you. He knew mm-hmm. for sure you, and, and you are too good of an offense not to be prepared for that. Um, and, and you got all pro offensive line. So there was a lot of experience there. I was very surprised at this. But I, yes, yeah, to answer your question, I think they need to blow it up. They, um, mm-hmm. But I also think that about my co- Cowboys. Sirianni, got to the Super Bowl last year, and um, it's hard to get back. But they got halfway there, and they look like world beaters still. Even in not playing their best game, they were winning. And what better way is to learn and make mistakes and still win a game and move on Mm -hmm. to the next one. But down the stretch, too, 
Um, I don't know what happened. There's no way they should have lost to the Giants. I don't care how much of disarray they're in. Um, but I still thought that the playoffs is a different beast, and you get rejuvenated, and you start playing at a different level. There's no way I thought that the Buccaneers was going to be a different level than them. So, yeah, I think they need to start over. But with so many openings, um, they don't want to get in, that, in the middle of that sweepstakes. There's not enough good coaches out there, really. Pittsburgh is um, – Mike Tomlin wasn't going anywhere, you know, but the, the Eagles aren't going to get in the middle of the sweepstakes when there's already eight coaching jobs available. Um, keep what you got and then try to make changes on the, with the coordinators and make changes with, your, with the kind of talent you have. That's what they're relegated mm-hmm. to do in a, in a season where there's already so many changes coming. Yeah, I'm actually after saying you know after the season I said no you have to get rid of Nick Sirianni he has to go, um, and then I really sat and I thought about it so I'm actually on the fence here. Uh, with Sirianni he did get you in his first three years to the playoffs, Super Bowl and then playoffs again which is incredible. But my concern are the same concerns that most people have including yourself is I'm not sure he understands how to coach properly and how to really coach. And the question is, and he may need to be given a second opportunity to see if this debacle continues or um, if it was just a a fluke year this year and maybe he could make the necessary adjustments and overcome some things. Um, But to me, it's just like when you can't make the simple adjustments as a head coach, I get concerned. For instance, the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, defensively, they were struggling earlier on in the season. Um, they didn't make no drastic changes at defensive coordinator, but they made the necessary adjustments during their little bye week um, to make sure the team was ready to go um, afterwards, and it worked, whatever they did. But in other words, they had a plan. They knew how to fix it. My problem is Nick Sirianni cannot figure out how to fix it. It took you two months. Actually, probably a little bit longer than that for the defensive side to figure out how to fix it. Where was the disconnect? Why? How come ever since the beginning of the season, I keep hearing um, there's a communication problem. We're not properly communicating. A head coach, we shouldn't have that problem with a quality head coach. The players should understand who the play calls are coming from. The players should understand their role. Um, the players should understand the, the plays that are being called. Um, there shouldn't be no confusion at whatsoever. To me, that's all on the head coach. And then when you look at the plays, and this is his offensive scheme, he has stated this time and time again, the offensive coordinator are only calling plays from my offensive scheme. He has said we go through the week with a select number of plays that we are playing on on game day. So that means the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator is calling your plays only a select number of them for that game. And they are horrible. There's no creativity in it whatsoever. Um, there's lack of explosiveness. There's, there's, you're not, you don't have the ability to scheme your best receivers open. That is the point of the head coach as well as the offensive coordinator. So when I think that body from that perspective, no. I, I will let him go. I will let him go. Um, <laughs> now I'm rethinking about it. And I just think about the frustration from all the players. Every last one yeah. is frustrated. And they voice their 
they said it. Yeah, you have players mm-hmm. now that say, no, Nick Sirianni is our head coach. But do they mean that, or is that just something they're saying in front of the cameras? And that's what I think Jeffrey Lurie, he meets with Nick Sirianni tomorrow, will have to make that decision. Um, and Nick Sirianni better come with a great game plan. Or Jeffrey Lurie, he's not shy about firing anybody. Do I think he'll get fired? No. I think Jeffrey Lurie may give him another shot. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jeffrey Lurie said, you know what, we're going to go in a different direction. Yeah, you know, um, and I'm surprised that they've waited uh, this long to, to have that meeting. And if they are waiting this long, this indicates to me that he's returning. Um, you know, but uh, they just played on Monday. But I, I would start over, you know. Um, I just mm-hmm. don't see how you do that because you have the talent um, and you just need a little bit more. Um, and mm-hmm. and and. You only have a certain window. Brittany, you've seen enough football, basketball, and everything to know that when you have a core group of serious, excellent talent, you only have a window of two or three years. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then it, you know, you're going to have to disperse it or, you know, they get hurt or the contract then determines. And really you only have two years because if you have success and go to the Super Bowl, whether you win it or not, your coaches are going to be rated. And that's exactly what happened after after that year, is that as soon as they make that Super Bowl run, people are coming after your coordinator and say, well, they have the formula. Let's see what they can do for us. Let's get the coordinator. They probably have the inside scoop. And so your window of opportunity only gets so long. There's no way that I see now if they keep that staff that they come back next year and have this 12- or 13-game um, winning season because I think things are going to happen. And really, they can let go of both defensive coordinators right now. Mm-hmm. And and Brian Johnson, the offensive coordinator, is interviewing everywhere. Interesting to me, um, because a lot of people put the blame on Brian Johnson. Um, yeah. And it has been said that around the league, people think very highly of Brian Johnson. They sure do. So people are putting blame on this on this man. But he was only calling Nick Sirianni's offense. So that tells you. <laughs> and remember when Nick Sirianni was interviewing for the head coaching position, it was only the Philadelphia Eagles. Nobody want, did not want, did not like Nick Sirianni and what, he, he, and what his philosophy was. They didn't think it was that creative. They didn't think it was that great. Um, but when I see Brian Johnson had four interviews, um, and he's being very highly spoken. Mm-hmm. I think that speaks more volumes about Nick Sirianni and his coaching abilities than it ever does when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles and how they played the last so many months or so uh, towards the end of the season than it does Brian Johnson. And people need to understand it. I think Jeffrey Lurie will also take that into account because you best be- we have to understand and we have to know that Jeffrey Lurie made a few phone calls regarding Brian Johnson and asked other executives around the league, what is your fascination about Brian Johnson? Why oh, are yeah. you so intrigued with this man? Oh, yeah. The, these 32 owners are collective 32 owners. And if they can pull their resources and their mindset together and say, hey, we're not hiring Colin Kaepernick back, you can better believe there's enough phone calls amongst each other and their GMs to find out, okay, mm-hmm. Um, are you interested in Brian Johnson and why? 
what what what's your intel? What is what has been said? And he's a hot commodity right now. I'd be surprised yes. if he does not get a head coaching job considering there is the Panthers, there is the Commanders, you know, and mm-hmm. I can go on and on. There's the Titans and then there's the Falcons. Um there's so many out there. Um, you know, here we are. And and the Chicago Bears should have wiped their slate clean. I'm surprised they they didn't. But um I think that there's they are going to come and pillage the the Eagles staff again. And then Sirianni, if retained, he's going to have to do some adjustments and promise a change in staff and promise a change in his his um, approach to how he wants to win, the formula for this, and how he's going to make some adjustments. Um, but I don't think at this late date that they jump into the, the you know, new hire sweepstakes. Um, and the the – the Patriots didn't jump into that. They had a succession plan. They didn't interview anybody. They hired their yeah. guy. Absolutely. Um, and I think that was actually a good hire. So not. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. do. I'm, I'm excited to see what he, what he does. Not excited for the Patriots to win it yet, but I'm excited to see what he does. Um, but, yeah, Nick Sirianni, he's going to have to go back to the drawing board. Um, and to me, that just helps me further understand that maybe he's not as good of a coach as we think some people may think he is. Um, and maybe Brian Johnson wanted to implement some of his offensive, offensive philosophy, but Nick Sirianni kept saying no. And that could have possibly been a disconnect on the offensive side of that ball. That could have been one mm-hmm. of the reasons, because it's been known and told um, for, a, for a long time now, Jalen Hurts, Brian Johnson, and Nick Sirianni are not on the same page as far as the offensive scheme and philosophy for this team. So, but we'll yeah. see what happens. We should find out tomorrow, um, not necessarily Nick Sirianni's plans, but if he will be retained because I think they met today or they're meeting tomorrow, one of them. All right, Princess, are you ready? No, but let's get it out of the way. <laughs> let's get it out of the way. Um, I went through it first. That's why I went through it first. You know, so give you some time. But the Dallas Cowboys, I want to say you're Dallas Cowboys at this moment. The Dallas Cowboys lost in a surprising matter to the Packers. I think the final score is 48 to 35, if I can remember. Um, your thoughts on this game? Um, a complete debacle. And I'd rather that you don't give me a 12-win season. I'd rather that you do a New York Giants and go 9-7 and seven and come into the playoffs and, and make a run than to come into the playoffs on a high at 12-5 and five and win the division um, and beat your rival and then, you know, come down the stretch and do a little something. And then you get the Green Bay Packers with the second-year quarterback and he looks like a world beater. And you, Dak Prescott, looks like um, – you know, you don't know what you're doing or that you had one of your worst games. You look like world beater in the regular season, and you get to um, the playoffs, and all of a sudden it's the second quarter with six minutes to go, and it's 27 nothing. I, I really think they took them for granted. I don't, I don't think that they thought that they had a chance. I definitely didn't see this coming. Maybe I saw a tight game, you know, at halftime, 17-10, 24-17, um, because I think that Jordan Love does see the field well, and the, and the more the season went on, the better he looked. But you can't tell me 
that the Cowboys underperformed and looked like they laid down on defense and they made no um, adjustments. They did not stop that offense. They scored 48 points. And then you announced yesterday or this morning, last night, that Mike McCarthy is back. I won't be a fan next year. And I saw, gosh, gosh, what's his name, the the wide receiver, Michael Irvin. I saw his mm-hmm. response. I even saw Jimmy Johnson's response at halftime mm-hmm. and said, you all go out. None of that made any difference. They were already in Cancun. They were already yeah. in Cancun. And yeah. our feelings are hurt and sitting here. They were already done. And the writing was just on the wall. And I don't understand that. How do we get to the most important game of the season and you lay an egg? I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm honest with you. I think this is the most shocking uh, loss of of, the, of all the games, to be honest with you, um, in my opinion. Um, I had the Cowboys winning. I didn't yeah. think it would be a, a total blowout with the Cowboys winning, but I definitely had the Cowboys winning. Um, I know how talented Jordan Love has been. I know how how much potential this young team has. But in my mind, Mike McCarthy was outcoached by Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. And Matt LaFleur has had issues. Um, he has had a lot of issues in the past, you know. Um, I'm going to be honest, I was really, really shocked. Now, certain things I didn't like. Um and I and I understand from Dan Quinn's perspective, you want to try to throw off the defense, and it's a similar thing that the Eagles were doing towards the end of the season that kind of irritated me. Why do you have your best pass rusher dropping back in coverage? Uh, Michael Parson has no reason at all to drop back in coverage. He is a pure pass rusher. He could get after the quarterback, mm-hmm. and you can see that. And that was similar to what the Eagles were doing with Hassan Reddick. And I actually think that Michael Parson can drop back in coverage better than Hassan Reddick. But that's not his strength still to this day. Um, along with other things defensively, they they it's just like they were just a step slow. Um, and the Packers were not fooled by anything. You know, the Packers played very well. <laughs> Nothing. That Matt LaFleur seen these young receivers open. I've seen the 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 DBs of the Cowboys bite on these little moves, which caused um, I think his name is I can't think of the guy's name. Was it Dodds or one of the young receivers to get wide open? It's a similar play that Kyle Shanahan does to get Brandon Ayuk open. Um, they do that very similar play, and I think they came from the same similar tree as well. And they got the Cowboys I think a couple times. Offensively, that Prescott just looked off. Um, him and Stephen Lamb were not on the same page whatsoever. Um, Tony Pollard struggled. Struggle. He's not a and number one running back. He's not. And I thought when they got rid of Ezekiel Elliott, I thought that was a mistake. And I understand he's getting older, but Ezekiel Elliott can still punish the offensive line. He may not be as fast as he once was. He may not have that breakaway um, ability anymore, but he's still strong. He still can read the offensive line. I'm sorry, the uh, the – the line pretty well, maybe one cut go. If you need a couple yards just to get a first down, he can get you that um, blocking. Maybe he can help you in that in that situation as well. Um, Tony Pollard is not that. Tony Pollard is that number two change of pace type of guy. 
Um, but I don't know. It's like I'm surprised. But we've seen this time and time again with the Cowboys, with that Prescott, with Mike McCarthy, and what you alluded to, 12 and was it 12 and 5 they were? What's the point for the exactly. three straight years? If 12, you're just 12 and 5. Leave, exactly. If you just want to lose in the first or second round, your goal is to get past that. Your goal is to hopefully at least get to the NFC championship, although you want to go further, which is the Super Bowl. I don't want that for them because, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, but that's the main goal of every football team in the NFL, and I know it could be frustrating. And along with that, Princess, I really want to know your thoughts. Maybe it's a little rant for you um, because right after this season, no hesitation whatsoever, no time to think about it or anything. Like you said, they kept Mike McCarthy for next year, which is his last year of his contract. So I really need to know your thoughts on this. I know you spoke about it a little bit. Please speak to us a little bit more. You know, I've said um, most of the season that um, Mike McCarthy was not high on my list, and I, I thought he was out coached several times this season. Um, but at this point, I really expected, I know the game was on Sunday, um, and, and no nothing on Monday, nothing on Tuesday, but I really did expect by Wednesday that we would hear something. Um, they tried to pin Jerry Jones down that same day, and he says, I have no idea. I, that My last thought is on Mike McCarthy's future. He was he was seeming, you know, and as much as I dislike Jerry Jones, I could feel his pain that particular day. Um, but I expected them to blow up the coaching staff and let Mike McCarthy go. And then um, even if they don't, they really need to go ahead and draft another quarterback. I don't know if Trey Lance is the answer sitting behind him, but Dak has had enough opportunity to shine in the regular season and then to choke in, in, in key moments. And he's choked more in key moments than he's shined. Um, so uh, enough of that. And he's one of those quarterbacks that can get you a 75, 80, 90-yard um, touchdown drive. He can do that. And he can do that in several games. But when the when when the lights are on in big moments like this, he looked awful. He looked awful. He looked he looked worse than Jordan Love. And what does that say about him? And he looked like the Green Bay offense. The Green Bay defense confused him. He did not have a good game at all. So we've given him enough support to blow all of it up. Get another quarterback. Draft somebody. Let's, you know, go ahead and turn the page. You're going to have to get another running back. Even though Tony Pollard was a 1,000-yard runner this year, he's still not a number one back. You know, Trey Diggs comes back, Michael Parsons, but there's so many on this Cowboys roster that are up for contract. They're going to lose some, some talent. They mm-hmm. won't be the same next year. They won't be the same. Yeah, um, I'm not really surprised that they decided to hire back Mike McCarthy. That's what Jerry Jones does. Um, he'll leave. Have you played for your uh, coach for your contract? He did it with Jason Gary, and I thought he had Jason Gary way too long, in my opinion. Um, he was the Cowboys head coach way too long. Uh, the same thing with similar situation with Mike McCarthy. You know, Mike McCarthy to me needs a superior quarterback to be very successful, um, and we've seen that with one season with Aaron Rodgers, and they had an incredible team that year. And I just felt like that year you just couldn't lose whatsoever. Um, but 
as much as I want to say I agree with you as far as Dak Prescott and Princess, it's very hard to find a franchise quarterback. And if you let go, are you really right to have a full-on uh, uh, rebuild situation in Dallas? And I agree. Dak Prescott, when the lights come on, the pressure is mm-hmm. high, and that playoff type of atmosphere is just like he does not perform to the best of his abilities. Um, he's just not on the same page. Something just doesn't connect. I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know if he just gets a loss. But it's still the same game. You just got to step your level up, and he's not able to step his level up. Um, and, and that's a major issue. But at Brittany, the same time, huh? they were at home. They were at home, Brittany. And they were looking to be to have two games at home if they could win this one, and and things fell their way. And they had not lost at home all season. They were at home, Brittany. It all lined up to at least win one game, maybe two, mm-hmm. and maybe get to the NFC playoff game. I don't know because um, I think the Rams, the Rams, Lord have mercy, the Forty ers are going to come out of the NFC. Um, but you, you just never know. But they were they, they it all lined up, and they they didn't go just limping into the playoffs. They looked good at the end of the season, and they were clicking on offense and defense and dominating some teams. And this is what you do. This is what you do. Just think of all of the cowboy parties. And I know we play around with this whole America's team. Everybody has 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 a fan base, and we all get together and watch the games. That game was over at halftime. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Uh that first set he was going I don't I don't even know. I think for him it's just a I don't know. I don't know. Um he's a decent quarterback. I just don't know if he's a top tier elite type of quarterback. Um and that's what the Cowboys need. But that uh Jerry Jones has an allegiance to these guys, to his guys, especially if he chose them. I think for this to change, Jerry Jones has to Stop wanting to control everything and allow his coaching staff and his coaches to do their job. I think once he allows that, this team will will probably get to the NFC Championship one day. Um, I'm hoping not during my lifetime, and I'm planning by the grace of God on living a very long time. <laughs> but, again, huh. I'm saying that as an Eagle fan. So, and to go get a good – uh, uh, a good head coach in this. There's a few of them out there. Since they got another year, Derek Jones, I'm sorry, Derek Jones, Derek Henry is interested. There's a rumor he's been interested to come over to the Cowboys. I don't know if that will actually transpire due to tax base and money. Um, but that would be a nice pickup for you guys. Um, but we'll see. No, it won't. It's, it's definitely, I, I think there's too much, too many. No, it won't. That's too many miles on Derrick Henry. I'm not impressed with that. What really should have happened is that the Cowboys should have moved up to get B. John Robinson. I think he's an NFL starter um, in this league, and I, I think he got strapped with being an Atlanta Falcon, Falcon, and, and they really just didn't have a good product. But B. John Robinson mm-hmm. would have been an excellent addition to Tony Pollard, and that would have been a good one-two punch. But Derrick Henry has, is, in my sense, um, consideration has too many miles on him, and he's played more than he's going to play. So what do you do? You franchise him and get him, give him a tag or give him a one- or two-year deal. Really what you're saying is, is that you probably have about 16, 17 games out of him combined over two years. That's not a, a, uh, an option. If you're going to do this, go get someone. 
go get someone um, out of the draft, and I really don't know who that is right now um, for sure. Uh, Ohio State running backs, I think, are all coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the one that I really loved at Texas, he tore his ACL right before or in the, the conference championship game. So I don't know what running backs are out there, and I know that they're devalued a lot and probably won't get drafted until rounds two or three. But Bijan got drafted at number four, five, or six in this, this past draft, and they need to go find them a heavy hitter at that position, another Ezekiel Elliott, since they sent him on his way to the Patriots. But, no, Derrick Hendry is not the answer. And if he wants to come and play on the practice oh. squad, okay. But that's not that's not going to make me happy. practice squad? Jeez, <laughs> Prince has a practice squad? Listen. Running back exactly. in the Leonard Fournette has I been think. on the practice squad for the Jets most of the uh-huh. season, and they just released him off the practice squad. That's where Leonard those Fournette's guys, they got head. a lot of knowledge on yeah, I think, but I think Derrick Henry. The reason why I say Derrick Henry is a good option is because he's that north-south downhill runner that the Cowboys. He's a big back yeah. that a lot of defenses still have back. to pay attention to, um, and you have to stack you. That defense is stacking the box now, box now. That's opening up a lot of things up for Ceedee Lamb and whoever their other receiver is going to be. I don't know if it's still going to be Gallup or whoever it may be, and hopefully he gets. Dak Prescott a lot more easier throws. I think Derrick Henry will help Dak Prescott um, a lot more than what Tony Pollard was capable of. Now, you're not going to sign Derrick Henry for long. Maybe a year, you draft a running back um, maybe later on in the round and hope to, to – and it could be round three, four, whatever it may be, because, you know, a lot of times in running back, you don't have to draft top ten. You could get a – good quality, maybe even a future number one running back later in the in the draft round. So and just build him up. But I, I mean I don't see I, I think it'll be a good idea. I hope he doesn't go because that'll just mean that we gotta stop him. And I don't want to have to stop Derrick Henry twice a year. That's gonna be annoying potentially three times a year. That's annoying as heck. So if you I'm gonna go with what you say on this princess. You don't belong there. It's too old, yeah. too slow. He could build on a practice squad, so I agree with you. <laughs> you know what, Britt, you remember, and I don't know, I think it, this guy, the young man came from the Colts that you all acquired midseason um, for your for your defense. Leonard. Yeah, and he never played, Check did he? It. Um, see, now, you, now, Professor, now you're about to get me back on my team um, <laughs> and frustrated it. Because I have a problem with that with with my thing specifically the defense. Not only did the coordinator not have a clue what was going on, I got frustrated because you went and got some of these guys, but you didn't utilize their skill set. You even had rookies that you just tried to throw out there in a playoff game. Nolan Smith yeah. you had you drafted Nolan Smith, but for some reason you didn't see his potential as a pass rusher. And he actually got a good set in the game. But you can't leave these young guys out all year long and expect for them to do something in a in a yep. playoff game. You have talent. You have to nurture and help grow this talent. If you allow these players to play at the beginning of the season, who knows how they could have played towards the end of the season and in a playoff game? They mm-hmm. have to learn. And then with Shaq Leonard, yes, is he the same type of all pro linebacker that he was before? I'm be honest, I'm not sure yet. He just had back surgeries. He's just basically coming exactly. back. He had it last year. Mm-hmm. He's coming back. 
Um, but she really didn't play him, so we I don't have a clue. I think he played one, maybe two games. He wasn't bad. He wasn't terrible. I mean, of course, he wasn't what he was. But in this particular defense, I don't want to think uh, 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 Roquan Smith from the Ravens, who's one of the best linebackers in this league, one of the best linebackers in this league, would have played well in, in our defense. So huh. Jack Leonard, is he what he was? Probably not. But I think if he goes to a defense with a competent defensive coordinator and a competent head coach, then he'll look decent. And that's from him, you just want him to look decent to be able to produce. And, of course, we didn't get that from any of our players. Wow. I had to get that one yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but that's what I'm saying. We, we pick up this midseason talent that's had a lot of experience. But I was suspect of Leonard just because that back surgery is no joke, and he was not going to mm-hmm. be at the same performance level. Um, and, and I think Derrick Henry may have some, some, some good um, runs to give us if that's where he is. I just don't think that that's where you go into next year. And that is your one-two punch is Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard. Uh, you you got to make a bigger splash than that because Ceedee Lamb is still the. I think he's the man at wide receiver, and I think he's just getting started. Thirteen or fourteen hundred yards this year receiving. I think Dak can be that person. I don't know what it is mentally. Go get someone to 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 manage you through some of the big lights, the bright lights, because he's a very good NFL quarterback for the most part. But I, I'm tired of him having Tony Romo moments. And Tony Romo right. had some some crazy moments um, when the lights came on. So, But we got to get um, more of a defensive presence. Um, we, we have great linebackers, and we have a good um, DB. And I thought Bland did an excellent job mm-hmm. filling in for Trey Diggs. Bland had himself yeah. a Pro Bowl year. So yeah. um, there are pieces that we we need to get, we being the Cowboys, if they're going to come back and do this next year. Mm-hmm. As I said, the window of opportunity, I've been watching football a long time now, and the window of opportunity doesn't stay open long. Nope. It, it doesn't. You know, and we start saying, hey, we got this, we got this, we got this. The best um, Super Bowl run I've seen in a while was that by the Eagles last year. And, I, and, and my hopes was that, Lord, come on, Chiefs, don't let them win again and, and do this fly, Eagles fly again. But that was a pretty run last year, and it was, all the pieces fell into place. And they almost won a Super Bowl. It was going to mm-hmm. be hard to come back and repeat that. But I didn't see I – didn't, I, I didn't picture this falter by either one of them, the Eagles or the Cowboys. Uh, a huge disappointment. And I want to take this from you. I'm, if they were going to do this, I'm glad they did it now so that I can go ahead and start not getting my feelings hurt and be, you know, pumping up getting ready for this weekend. If you're going to if you're gonna have an ugly game, go ahead and have it in the beginning so I can go ahead and sit down. Absolutely. At least our off-season starts, and I get excited for the off-season too. So um, now I'm looking forward to the free agencies and the draft and who, what coordinators we're going to hire. So if I can say one thing, the NFL has the most exciting out of all the sports and if anybody knows me, I love basketball. It's like my number one sport in the world. But the NFL has the most exciting offseason than any any other uh, uh, sports, and to me, probably in the world. 
maybe outside of soccer. Soccer's pretty good in the world. But here in the States, NFL is definitely number one. Um, but, Princess, I'm, I'm going to allow you to breathe and relax now because <laughs> we're going to move on. <laughs> um, but, hey, in sports, this is how I say it's always another year. So it's not like it's the end of the world. It's always another year. They don't win this year, but next year might be different. All right, Princess, let's move on. Let's now tap into because there are more playoff games after our team's debacle. Um, we're going to head into the NFL divisional round this weekend, and there are four games. So just give me your prediction and your thoughts on the game, of course. The first one we have here, we have the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, C.J. Stroud versus that defense. Ooh, but C.J. Stroud versus Lamar Jackson. What are your thoughts on this game, and what is your prediction? Princess, you might be on mute again. Oh, I'm I'm on mute. I'm on mute and just talking. <laughs> um, first of all, I don't know if I saw the Texans um, beating the Browns. I really thought the Browns' defense would confuse C.J. Stroud, and I thought Joe Flacco was on a little run here for his own history and, and personal um, accomplishment, but he didn't look good in that game. So credit um, – um, D'Amico Ryan, so what a run by him to, first of all, get him to the playoffs and then to have a playoff win. And like I said, earlier today, since the year 2000, the Texans have more playoff wins than the Cowboys. That in itself is shameful, but let me get off of that. Um, I think the Ravens wins this. I always um, am hesitant when a team has a bye week. Do they come out a little rusty? And I'm hoping that the Ravens don't come out rusty. I hope that they're prepared. I think that Lamar Jackson is on a Super Bowl run, and I'd like to see him get there or the or Mahomes get there again, either one of them. But I'm going to pick the Ravens. Um, but I think this is going to be um, – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, even with the Ravens' defense, and I think this is a good defense. So I'm going to say 28-21, 35-28. Um, or 35-21. I don't think the, the, the Texans get more than three touchdowns on this defense. Um, but I, I do think they score. But I, I think the Ravens overall are a better team and, and with, a, with a really good coach, too. Um, I'd be surprised that they don't carry out what's on paper and make that, you know, make that so on the field. I think the Ravens win this one. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you. I love the Texans. I love everything about C.J. Stroud. And I keep saying this. I love D'Amico Lions. I have loved D'Amico Lions since forever, um, especially when he was, especially when he played with the Eagles. Um, so I was a little frustrated so many years ago when the 49ers got him because I wanted the Eagles to get him um, as a defensive coordinator, but it didn't work out. And they, he has some young guys playing and playing hard. Um, and you could tell he's such a smart head coach. Um, he it was it's a video out there. I believe it was on Twitter or one of the social media sites. It might be even on YouTube, where he's specifically telling I think it's his linebacker. It might be his linebacker. Um, what to do? And the moment the linebacker did it, the linebacker ended up getting an uh, interception, which to me is incredible. That tells you how smart Demico Ryan's is. I'm just not sure, and I made the mistake, and I went against the Texans in the first round. Yeah. But I don't think they have enough to beat the Ravens. 
that Ravens defense is something different this year. Um, you know, they went and got Roquan Smith. They got mm-hmm. Kyle Hamilton on that back end. I, I don't know. If, I'm hoping he plays. I think he was healthy, um, at, you know, because of the bye. That's a different defense. Um, and they're going to get after the ball carrier. Whoever has the ball, they're coming for you, including C.J. Stroud. They're going to put pressure on them. Lamar Jackson is playing different under this new offensive coordinator, um, doing some incredible things. Odell Beckham doesn't exactly look the same, but he almost is at that old Odell Beckham um, status. And that rookie, Zay Flowers, my goodness, does he help this team. Um, So I'm with you, Princess. I'm going with the Ravens as well. I'm going to say a 30-24 game because I think C.J. Stroud with his poise, He's going to make it a scary game for the Ravens, but the Ravens still come out in in victory. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to the next game. Uh, It is a team that beat your team, um, but it's the Packers. (laughs) (laughs) We have the Packers at the 49ers. Who do you have one in this? I don't want either one of them to win. Um, (laughs) I don't want the Packers (laughs) to win again. Um, maybe that'll make the Cowboys look better. But I, I definitely don't want the 49ers to win. I want Kevin to come and sit on the couch with us. Um, I'm so tired of that bang-bang Niner game stuff. And, and they really feel that they're on the Super Bowl run. And I, I think they may be right because um, if, I, if I think about it, I have always been kind of a closet 49ers fan. And I really am a fan of this offense. I'm a fan of their defense, and I'm definitely a fan of their, their head coach, Shanahan, and how John Lynch, their GM, has handled um, everything. So um, if, if I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the 49ers, but then that means I'm picking them all the way to the Super Bowl to at least get there and to face the Ravens. Um, so, But I think the Packers in here, I don't think that the, the 49ers will be caught off guard. I don't think that they will be surprised by anything. And they, they, they've watched this game and used this film, and I, I think they'll know what Jordan Love's tendencies are. And I think the buck stops their 49ers win by at least 10. Um, Jordan Love did an amazing job against the Cowboys. Um, but, again, honestly, I, I think the Cowboys took them for granted. And Dak Prescott, we know when yeah. he goes into playoff mode, he is not the same as he is against the Eagles. I'm going to say the Eagles specifically. In the regular mm-hmm. season. Um, mm-hmm. And the regular season gets the Eagles. It's like Dak Prescott turns into Tom Brady. When it comes to yeah. playoff mode, it's like he turns into Johnny Mantell. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's not that bad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm going with the 49ers as well. I just think they're hitting on all cylinders right now, and they want it right now. Um, I don't know. Yep. Although I'm going with the 49ers. Let's not forget the 49ers have gotten there, I don't know how many years in the past, and they can't get over the hump. And that's also due to Kyle Shanahan. So I'm not going to get it. I know nobody likes to talk about it because we all like Kyle Shanahan's offensive scheme and maybe we like his attitude or maybe the NFL sees him as huh. the, the the pretty boy or the, the top guy <laughs> in the NFL, similar to how they view uh, – uh, Sean McVay so many years ago, Kyle Shanahan was there a lot and couldn't get over the hump. Is this their year? Maybe. But he has to also make sure you don't take this young Packers team for granted and you make the right calls. Because last year you made the wrong call against the Eagles, 
got your quarterback hurt. Uh, the year before, some other stuff hurt because he's been to the Super Bowl. He's been to the NFC mm-hmm. Championship and has not been able to get over that hump. But I am going with the 49ers. I'm with you. I think they beat the Packers by at least 10 as well. I don't think the Packers have a chance in San Fran at home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. At San Fran Next, at home. But, you're you're correct. Go ahead. Right. Next game, oh, we got the team that beat my team. If I throw <laughs> your team under the bus, I got to throw mine under the bus. <laughs> and mine's probably the worst team. The Buccaneers at the Lions. Your thoughts and your predictions. I don't think the Buccaneers have a chance. I thought they they ran up on um, an Eagles team that had kind of already milled it in or for some reason just didn't have what it took, and, and they just kind of faltered down the stretch. And the Buccaneers were, were um, you know, um, they got a gift there. But I think they go into Ford Field with, with the, the Detroit Lions, who won 12 games this year in regular season. And um, – beat their old quarterback, Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff had a game. So did Matthew Stafford. They win by one. I think they win this by at least two touchdowns. I don't think the um I don't think the Buccaneers have a chance. Now I, I like Todd Bowles and I like his defensive mm-hmm. scheme, but Baker Mayfield isn't that all world quarterback. He looked really good um this past Monday night. I think just think it's a different beast and the Detroit Lions are on a run, and I think they at least make it to the NFC um, championship game. So Lions and Jared Goff and Dan Campbell by 14. I'm absolutely with you. I don't think the Bucks were ever that great. And I know Antoine Wilson no. is talking crap, talking about they going on the uh, <laughs> a, a victory tour or they running it back against some of the teams they lost. You went up against a self-inflicted wound. <laughs> and the Philadelphia Eagles, whatever's going on internally, yeah. that's how they played on the field. Um, yeah. It's not because you were that great. Absolutely not. Look, not to knock the Bucks, they are an NFL team, so you never want to take them lightly. But let's be real. This Lions team is no slouch at all. Now, defensively, they got some work. So I can see Baker Mayfield putting up some, putting up some yards, I'm going to say. Not necessarily score, but yards, because the Bucks can't always finish. Um, when they need to. But I don't think that Bucks defense is slowing down a Jared Goff, uh, Armand Rod St. Brown, and Jameer Gibbs and so forth. They actually have, to me, the best offensive line because the Eagles' offensive line just wasn't up to par this year. Uh, talent for talent, the Eagles, to me, are always better. But this year, I had to give it to the Lions and Dan Campbell is going to take this game serious. So I'm absolutely with you. And they're in Detroit, and they're riding off that first victory since God knows how yeah. long they they won a playoff game. Yeah, they're happy. They're excited. I think they'll keep it going. I'm going with the Lions as well. I think it'll be 27 to 12 game Lions. Yeah, you know, I think that the Lions have taken on the spirit of their head coach, and he has that – you know, that workman's um, attitude, bring your lunch pail, let's get it done. And they play really hard and very well, and they seem so prepared. Um, and once the, the Buccaneers struggled to beat the Panthers 9-0 and did get in the end zone, um, I, I didn't, you know, think much of them then. Um, they just ran up on an Eagles team again and got a gift. But I don't think that the Lions is going to show that same 
um, give them that same gift. I think this is a 14-point win, at least. Me too. And last game, to me, one of the most exciting games to outside of Texans and Ravens, to be honest with you. Um, we always love seeing this matchup year after year. Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen. Andy Reid versus Sean McDermott. I don't know if that can really line that up. That didn't work as well. So we're going to choose the quarterback. <laughs> um, but the Kansas City Chiefs are at the – are they at the Buffalo game? Yeah, I guess yeah. they are at the Buffalo Bills. They're at the Buffalo Bills. Well, cold weather, cold weather, they're both used to it. What's your predictions and your thoughts on this one? The very first playoff game by Patrick Mahomes where he has not been at home. So, um, But they're going against Buffalo to me, which – has been sporadic all season, up and then down, although they had some big games. Um, I think they already beat the Chiefs in, in regular season, or they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Cowboys. But I want to see um, what they can do here. But I'm going to ride um, all the way out with Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a special quarterback, and I think he makes up for a lot of the misplay by wide receivers. I wish I could bench them all, although Rice, had a pretty good game um, this past week. I can't remember who they played. They played the Dolphins at home in one-degree weather, 23 minus, minus 23 with the wind chill factor. So, But I'm going to pick um, um, the Chiefs to win this, and it's going to be a close one. There's going to be some scores. They're both are used to cold weather, and I think this is the new Tom Brady-Peyton Manning matchup, which we saw six or seven times um, in our lifetime. Um, in the playoffs, so I think that this is a new one here. But I'm not sold on Josh Allen as well as I'm sold on Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen can have some Dak Prescott moments and throw some interceptions and some pick sixes. Um, I think this is going to be close, though, but um, probably just because of my heart, I'm going to go with the Chiefs to go in there and upset them. I don't know what the line is, but win this game. Um, I think it will be close, though. It will be a three- or four-point win. And whoever has the ball last, I think, wins this game. Yeah. Um, whew, I think both teams are skilled in, them, in themselves. There is a lot of concern with the receivers, with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Because Patrick Mahomes is going to do his job. It's up to the receivers yeah. to to take care of the rest. Um, will Andy Reid make the, nice, the right adjustment? I know he struggled with that just a few times this year because um, usually most of the time his, his – pre-game plan goes perfect. It goes great with this team. Um, that's how he's always been. And then they have a young but ferocious defense. Not a top-tier defense, but they play hard. And then they still have Chris Jones on that defensive line, which is which is a tough matchup for any offensive lineman in the entire NFL. So the Bills will have to be mindful of that. But I'm going to go with Buffalo on this one. I just think they're they're hot right now. They're riding high. They're they're on a roll right now. They had to go on an amazing run just to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Not only did they make the playoffs, they ended up winning their division as well. But I will say they have to figure out how to get Stephon Diggs involved early. And as long as Josh Allen doesn't feel the need to play hero ball, he's still an incredible yep. quarterback when he does not do that. I say Buffalo wins at home. I think it's going to be a close one. I'm going to say like a 24-21 win, eh, maybe 27-24 win, because I do think Kansas City will score more than 21. So I'm going to say more of a 
type of victory. And I agree with you. I think it might come down to who has the ball last. So I'm yeah. going, with, going with Buffalo in this one. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I also like uh, the Chiefs' defense and Chris Brown. I think that's his name. I don't know. Hope I'm not confused with the singer, but um, uh, I Chris think Jones. <laughs> Chris Jones. There it is. See, I was. Um, I, I like him um, to be a stopper, and I, I think he may get after um, Josh Allen just a little bit. And 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 the Bills' defense hasn't been what they thought it was going to be. Ron Miller having trouble domestic mm-hmm. arrest and all of that stuff. I don't know where they are, but um, it's a th- Vegas has it as three points favorite um in the bills so that that's a close game it could go either way so but i agree with you um we both have said whoever has the last ball we may come down to that um has the ball last rather so we'll see princess real quick because i know it's almost time for the end of the show and i know mm-hmm. i didn't put this in the topics but since we were talking about all of our um who we thought was winning games if you could pick one game where you think there would be an upset which game would it be? Wow. Um, wow. Well, now, see, I, I don't think if I picked the Chiefs that that's really an upset. So I, I would have to say that it would be the, the Texans against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I, I would pick them. I, I think the Ravens, sometimes that bye week makes you rusty. And, again, the Texans look good on offense and defense. And Ryan, Coach Ryan's is coaching his behind off. They got a good quarterback. And I hope, and mm-hmm. even though he's a rookie, he sees the field well. I would pick that as an upset, and that would be the, major, the worst upset of the year. Right now I think it's the Packers-Cowboys. But if that one happens, I think that's the worst one of the year, if that happens. Yeah, um, for me, it was between the Packers, the 49ers, or the Texans and the Ravens. To me, if the Packers upset the 49ers, to me, that's more about I, – I really wouldn't know. They shouldn't lose that game, to be honest. <laughs> um, and maybe it's just a situation where Kyle Shanahan didn't just put one of his players – he put them in the wrong position and the Packers caught him off guard, similar to last year. Um, mm-hmm. um but I'm with you. I think it's the Texans and the Ravens. I think that could potentially be an upset. I know this Ravens team has basically killed and dusted everybody in the entire league, including mm-hmm. the 49ers. And people forget that game. Um, but I think that is the closest um, upset or the number one game that could potentially turn into an upset because the Texans yeah. played the Ravens very hard in that first week, and I can see it happening now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I want to see. I, I can't wait. Now that I don't have a dog in the fight, it'll be easy to watch these games and kind of enjoy them. Exactly. We can just watch for enjoyment. No high blood pressure, no insanity, exactly. no medicine. We can relax. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right, Brittany. For me. Pass it off to yeah, you. Right. Close this out. Um, Cam McCorrick, um, tight end for the Miami Hurricanes, is gotten a ninth year of eligibility. This will be his ninth year in college nice. football. Uh, ninth. I would love to play college sports for nine years and be in college with no real, real world responsibilities. Also, thank you to Vice President Kamala Harris for coming to Columbia, South Carolina, and visiting um, the, the uh, Gamecock women's basketball team 
and also going to the locker of the Kentucky Wildcats and, and just mm-hmm. talking to those young ladies, I think is always inspiring when a woman comes in and does that, who has that type of stature. Thank you, Kamala Harris. And also Ashlyn Watkins, um, a forward for the women's basketball team, the Gamecocks dunked in a basketball game this past week, and it looked like a real dunk. I mean, you know, sometimes women don't jump as high, but I, I look for more things from this young lady. I think she's about 6'5", um, but she has dunking ability, and this is her second time in two years dunking in a basketball game, and it was really good. Um, but that's it for right now. We're going to enjoy this weekend, and, and college Princess. basketball is crazy. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Can I have a quick shout-out? Because we were mm-hmm. not really on the air when this happened. But I just want to shout-out that Philadelphia has their first-ever black woman mayor in Sherelle Parker, whether I agree or disagree with her policies, that's beside the point. But I just want to yeah. shout her out because that is something major. If you know the history of Philadelphia, which is not necessarily the best history in the world, to be that's mm-hmm. incredible. The shout-out. My bad. Amen. Congratulations to Sherelle Parker. I, I like to see that for sure. Sure. We got a new show coming up. Um, host is Thomas Epps, and we will be live on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. starting February 28th. And then we have a new show coming up with Everett, Everett Scott. He is an NFL agent, just retired, and now he's going to talk about the business of, of sports, and we're going to have him on every other Sunday, um, and he will be on the network starting March 1st. I'm excited about that, just in time for the Combine. Um, He's been a guest several times, but now he's going to have his own podcast. So two new shows coming up in the spring, one February 28th, the other one March 1st. I'm excited about it. Never had it so good. Brittany, thank you. Have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. And that's off-season. Here we come. <laughs> that's right. I do love. This is the best off-season of any professional team. I love that. It goes from one thing to the other, um, from the Super Bowl to the Combine, and then it's time for the draft, and we all love that. Never had it so good. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Monday. Nope, we're actually going to see you this Sunday. We know track and field with Coach Gerald Richardson and also Coach Fred Rucker. Sundays at 7 p.m. We'll see you then. Never had it so good. <laughs>